hey, welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Malloy. With me, as always, is Aaron Lanton. What's up, Aaron? Yo, what's going on, folks? Out of Nashville, Tennessee, and Keith out of Dallas, Texas. How are you doing here, Keith? Good. How's it going? Good. I know you're dealing with a cough. I've been dealing with some cold issues, too. Aaron is, seems to be healthy right now. Uh, I'm trying. um so this episode we're going to talk about things that we're excited for in 2020 and first happy new year everybody oh happy new year yeah we made it we made it y2k kiss our asses two decades strong yeah we haven't recorded an episode since last year that's crazy yeah it is but we back now we're gonna try to bring it every week going forward so we'll see how it go right right get back on track with it we'll do it it's my fault i've been uh all, all sorts of stuff keep me busy, but um, how should we start? Who wants to start off with their favorite, their, the stuff that they're most anticipating for 2020? Uh, all right, so I'm going to embarrass myself just a little bit, just a little bit, because you said most anticipated. This is not my most anticipated. However, I will say I'm looking forward to checking out Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. Now, here's the thing. Now, look, this is not going to get an Oscar nomination. Yeah. I like Jim Carrey being goofy, and I'm excited to see those redone VFX effects because the first ones were trash, and the fan base went, and they let people know what was up, and they fixed it. So you know what? I'm going to support that film. I have a two-year-old son who will be three in February. By the time it comes out, he'll be three. He's been already getting on the sticks, playing on some Sonic games, and teaching us some stuff. This will motivate him a little more to be as fast as daddy. So, um, honestly, it's going to be a fun movie, um, a great film to go see with your kids um, and, you know, kind of play some nostalgic games with them. So, for that reason alone, knowing I'm going to have a good time with my son, I'm really looking forward to that movie. So, so, so part of your reasoning behind it is that hopefully Robert – um, really enjoys Sonic and wants to play Sonic the Hedgehog with you. Yes, I can bust them up. Of course. <laughs> they got versus modes now, baby. I mean, they've had them forever, but the new one, Sonic Mania, got it too. So, you know, I can, you know, light them up a little bit. But no, I'm, honestly, I do think it, it's, you know, he does like that character. He likes a little, you know, him running fast and telling the jokes and eating the hot dogs. Now, they're probably not doing the hot dog thing in this one, but honestly, I, I do think the, the movie, the trailer always had good energy. It just looked bad, but now it looks great. And unfortunately, what really does suck is the studio who fixed the um, the effects. They're closed, which is really trash. Like they fixed it, and then that studio's no longer there. So hopefully, wow, after this movie makes its money, people have more conversations about how to be more fair in the industry for you know people who work on this stuff. But um, I do think this will be a good movie to go see with kids. So I'm, I'm you know. That's my hope. That's why I'll be there. They got guaranteed tickets for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not going to go see the damn movie, you know, because Sonic the Hedgehog do play a big part in that. I am using my son as an excuse as well. I'm <laughs> going to see this movie now that yeah, the effects I, are good. I might go see it on a Sunday afternoon or something like that. Um, I, I'm, I'm just so... I guess I guess I was kind of disappointed at the angle that they went with the film. It's like I appreciate films that show less of like humans as characters and have to put like, you know, um a famous face in front of it like Jim Carrey to sell tickets, which is fine. Like I love Jim Carrey now. 
Because when you think about it, it's so nostalgic to not only get Jim Carrey, but get Sonic the Hedgehog at one time. And if you're a child that grew up in the 90s, these were probably, you know, a big part of your childhood. It sounds like you just you were Jim Carrey's agent pitching his role in the film. But but I could. What I'm saying is that like Jim. No, I meant in the positive, though. Jim Carrey, in a way, is fine if you want him to be Eggman. But I would have preferred the story to not take place in our world, but in Sonic's world, you know? Like, I remember remember when we were kids, they had the Sonic the Hedgehog um, animated series with with Jaleel White. Don't make me sing the song. It's just so... It was like... I'm not going to do it. And it can be... I don't know if you've ever seen this before. It was actually a little dark, but it was also fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, well, they would turn all the forest animals and the robots and all that. They ain't gonna do that for this. Yeah, and they were like, they were like freedom fighters and shit. I mean, it just to me, it just it was amazing. Yeah, it was a great story. Yeah, and it, they made a comic, whole comic book series based just, off made by. I, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm I'm looking at Tim's face. He has no clue what we're talking Jaleel, about. Jaleel Jaleel White is Urkel, right? Yeah, yeah, he he was a Sonic voice for like twenty years. Uh, was that post Urkel? <laughs> yeah, well, enduring Urkel. Oh, wow. I got to interview Jaleel White at one point uh, about uh, 10 years ago. Nicest guy ever. Nicest, yeah. coolest guy. And he really wanted to be on Breaking Bad. That's what he was saying, that the role that he really wanted was Breaking Bad. And I wish that had happened. He would have been really oh, cool. Oh, oh, oh. Who, who did he audition for? He didn't audition for anybody. He was just like, this is the, this is like the type of show that I'd like to do. Oh, oh they met me. Uh, wow. Uh, we got to get uh, Vince Gilligan when they do the next spinoff. They, Better they Call make Saul. Yeah, he was really cool. He was a really nice guy. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Did not know we were gonna get that uh that squeeze in here on the Sonic the Hedgehog reference. Uh, I didn't know he had anything to do with Sonic the Hedgehog. I probably seemed super missing he probably got through that interview and he's like, That's weird. That guy didn't ask me anything about Sonic the Hedgehog. See, man. The I thing I I love him for Urkel and Sonic. Like I I, I see them as the same. I like I, I don't even know which one I'd ask him about first if I met him in person. Right, right. I don't know, and and I don't know if that's just something that everybody knows. You know what I'm saying? I, I, maybe that's more black nerd knowledge or something. Uh, it, it might be. Yeah, because I know we all. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, <laughs> that might be what that is. Actually, it's definitely black nerd knowledge. Because I think if I ask just about anybody else, hey, did you know Jaleel White was signed to Hedgehog? You're like, what the? Because he was in two shows. Because it was it was two different shows. That was the one that I was talking about, which was. A, little bit darker and then there was the real campy one that was more like almost like <laughs> you know all right so look we've talked about Sonic the Hedgehog for five minutes let's, let's jump to to your next movie before we lose all of our listeners <laughs> ah man you know what I, I don't know I had different things in mind but then I just saw the trailer to Morbius and it I don't know it just kind of changed some things for me like I'm I never even thought that I would want to see a Morbius movie until I saw this trailer. Um, but before that, in a in a another movie that kind of surprised me that I didn't surprisingly want to see is another comic book film, and that would be Birds of Prey. Honestly, yeah. And I think this second trailer kind of got me, you know, convinced that I would at least check it out. But um, I remember how I felt when I saw Suicide Squad. Like, I was real hyped for it. Then when I saw it, it left a a bad taste in my mouth. But um, I'm willing to give them another chance for Birds of Prey. Um, 
So those are two that I can think of. So what, what's got you excited about this movie? Just out of curiosity. I mean, you brought it up. Uh, just kind of curious what's kind of drawing you to want to check it out. I think for, for me, um, I just want to see, like, I, I kind of, I, I kind of liked the character on Harley Quinn after a while. Like, I didn't really care for it at first. Like, because when I think about Harley Quinn from the jump, I always think about um, what was the the Batman animated series? Yeah. And she was just pretty much a character that just grow, grew on you over time. Um, and, I, and I'm cool with Margot Robbie's um, portrayal of the character. And it just looks like, I think what it, what it was too when I saw the trailer, it looked like a a fun superhero um, film, not even a superhero film, but um, like just a little comedy, a female comedy romp type thing. That's what I got from it. Um, and you know, I don't think we have enough of that and it'd be good to see what they do, you know? And hopefully it's better than Charlie's Angels or something. You know? uh, Wait, was that, was the most recent one bad? Uh, you know what I I'm I I can't speak on it. I haven't seen it. It's just um even when I saw the trailer, I wasn't very excited for them. I have a secret, and I'm not really supposed to talk about this. Uh, I've seen Birds of Prey, okay. and while I can't say anything about it, I will say you should go see Birds of Prey. I really enjoyed it. Okay, uh, I'm not supposed to like spoil any details or whatever or go into why I liked it or anything like that, but I definitely liked it and I I don't think you're gonna be disappointed. So okay. Cool. Make it happen. Could you say that because I like Gardens of the Galaxy a lot, right? Yeah. And so um would you say that it kinda has that feel to it or you can't even expose it? I'd say it's a lot more fun than most comic book movies. Um well it's it's a lot more fun than most DC comic book movies. It's Probably my favorite DC comic book movie since the Chris Nolan Batman's. Oh wow! So, oh, have you seen Shazam? You know, I haven't seen Shazam. Okay. And I haven't seen Aquaman, so you know, what, take that as as you will. I will say Aquaman surprised me. Aquaman is kind of fun. I, I like that movie. Like, I, 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 I'm not somebody who makes Aquaman jokes like that. You know, just making fun of him for being a fish. I like Aquaman. <laughs> um, and I still was like, "Wow, okay, cool. That that was all right. I'll, I'll be there for the next one." You know. Well, have you guys so, ever thought about how much you would appreciate a movie if you were like twelve years old or something? I, you know, like, like some movies, like know. like for example, I, I thought Aquaman was pretty cool. Like it wasn't the best thing ever, but I feel like if I saw that at twelve, I would think that's the most badass movie ever created. I will say, my son just saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 for the first time, Secret of the Ooze. He lost his mind. And it was funny watching. It's not a great movie, like, you know, by like, you know, as far as script and all that, but it's, it's really fun. And I, I think sometimes you can just accomplish a little bit by just like having fun. Sometimes movies miss that. So, right. And I think Shazam yeah. is definitely that type of movie, too. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's what's attracting me to Birds of Prey. What's the rating for Birds of Prey? Is it PG thirteen or it's R? Right. Uh, it feels like it could be PG thirteen or R, but I don't actually know off the top of my head. Um, it's not like it, it's not a movie where you go like, oh wow, they really pulled punches. They should have uh, they should have gone a little further with that. Like it, it there's parts of it that are well, I'm saying too much. 
Okay. All right. Well, okay. It's let's, great. Let's, let's, go, let's go with your 2020 movie, Tim. What, what's, what's your choice? I'm actually really, really excited for Black Widow. Um, wow. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us and all this action shit. Action super. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think Scarlett Johansson is great. Uh, I know people get mad at her, but I think she's really excellent in that role. Um, I also really like Florence Pugh. Uh, she was excellent in Fighting with My Family. She was excellent in Little Women. I'm in the middle of watching Midsummer right now, and she's very good in that. So I think that adding her to the mix was really a cool move. Um, yeah. It, also, that trailer was sickening. It was so good. So, you know, just on like a pure fan level, I'm excited for that movie. That is going to be pretty dope. Pretty Hashtag Speaking Hopper of- was always in Russia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> To understand that reference, go to our Stranger Things episode, 17 episodes ago. Yeah, however oh, long ago it was. Speaking of Joe have you guys um check out A Marriage Story? Not yeah. yet. Yeah. What, what did you think about it, Tim? I mean, being... Uh, I, I don't know if people who are married and can relate to it more, or people who are more in that industry. What did you think about it? Um, I loved it. I thought it was really, really, really good. Um... Yeah, I mean, definitely hard to watch, like definitely painful and definitely like I'm glad to be a, you know, that thing where you're like, if I could go back in time and tell myself don't behave that way or something, um, I wish I could go back to when I was whatever age. I feel like it's like a future me saying don't behave that way. Like, don't don't do the things that lead you down this path because getting divorced sounds like it really, really sucks. And it's. It's mm. it's one of those movies like in a weird way gave me a bit of anxiety. Yeah. Um and 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 there's also like the the things that's not being said in certain scenes like the subtext and then when they finally have that that moment where they're going back and forth with each other it's like extremely intense. Yeah, that like, seems amazing. That that big argument scene in the apartment is amazing. <laughs> I've never seen that argument scene to me like was on level watching like a real good fight scene or something that that gets you like you you feel your blood pumping and you feel like you don't know how this is going to turn out. And you and in a way, I didn't want them to be like that with each other because they they were good people, you know, Um, they weren't terrible people. And and you could tell that they they loved each other. Um, So it's just crazy. It make you think, like, how do how do certain relationships last, you know, um, to death, you know, <laughs> do them part or whatever. And then some relationships, people just drift away some type of way, you know? Yeah. It's, it was intense. I mean, everybody meant well, but they just were who they were so much that they couldn't change it. Right. <laughs> I'm just quiet. Cause I'm just like soaking in the, the emotion of what you guys are saying. You haven't yeah, seen you- marriage story. No, no, I need to watch it. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I need to, I need to check that out. Okay. Watch, watch okay. it with your wife. It's the worst movie you could possibly watch with your <sighs> See, that's, the, that's why I have it, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, I don't feel like that's the reason I have it. Um, when ScarJo says something and then your wife like, looks at you like, you do that, too. Yeah, see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I, I, I could I could take that. But you know, it, it that is like you gotta kinda pick the right moment to watch those kind of movies. You know, you can't just watch that in the middle of it. We ain't been t- we, we've been great. We've been amazing actually. We're about to buy a house. We're great. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, oh, us too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> let me wait till like all this other shit settles down. Uh, <laughs> it's a very good movie though. It's it's definitely worth watching. Um no, so, no. that's a 2019 movie technically but they are giving their recommendation i think i'm gonna check that out soon too um m- moving on to the next movie real quick um something that and i think i know nothing about this film i was going on my way to like look at nothing about it period um i know it was filmed at the tyler perry studios um i know they're done filming as of about two weeks ago thanks to jimmy fallon and his interviews I'm talking about coming to america too Oh wow! I am trying to um, just go in for a good time, but I really, you know, I want this movie to be good. Like, I, I just really want it. I hope it's it it's done well. Um, Eddie Murphy, um, I, I don't think would have gotten involved if he was not happy with it. Um, I just I really have expectations that are hard to to tamper. So I'm definitely seeing this. I you know support black actors all that right. So I'm gonna be there. I really hope it's good. Like I don't I don't. I think anything less than good would be severely disappointing for me. Uh yeah I think it has to be great. I mean the original coming to America is so good. And yeah, if this isn't absolutely fantastic, I'm gonna be really disappointed. It ain't gotta be absolutely fantastic, but I, I, I'm kind of in the mode of like I'm tired of people making things just because they can. Like there were right. there have been so many things that have come out that were just like good IP, and they were like, we better make another one. Like the new Ghostbusters movie, I don't know if it needs to exist. I like Paul Rudd, but like I, there was nothing in that trailer where I was like, finally, the new Ghostbusters. But- Okay, but like so, so here's the interesting thing. Like so, uh, to to that point, this movie comes out in 2020. I don't know exactly when in 2020, but where do you go with the plot of coming to America too? Yeah, I I've no I've also avoided reading about it. I have no idea. Like that story is a perfect self enclosed movie. I'd almost yeah, rather so somebody I'm... remake it, like than do two. But that's fine. Yeah, but when you think about it. Isn't just every movie in a sense like a a straight up ending, you know? No. Like like I'm I'm a, I'm a, I think about I always think like this, like um if you really think about it, I know it's hard for us to conceive this at this moment in time, but if you just watch the first Star Wars, like the New Hope, or what they call New Hope, that one movie by itself could have been one movie and that could have been it. Yep. Because Ultimately, it was it was kind of in a way a perfect ending. It could have ended like that, and that could have been it. Yeah, you know. And because based off, uh, and I think George Lucas wrote it that way. He didn't write Star Wars with the assumption that he's going to make movie after movie after movie after movie. I literally just read something that said he didn't originally have Darth Vader as uh, Luke's father. I th- no, he did not. I think there's been like crazy retconning in the Star Wars story where he's tried to say after the fact that he planned all this stuff out, but yeah. 
Right. Medi- we know the Metachlorians or whatever the hell those things were called were not originally part of the story. He uh. made up later on. And and when you think about it, I think a lot of people do that unless you're writing like a book or something. But it seems like with film, you kind of discovering things as you go in the writing process in the sense. Yeah, how, like how much money you made at the box office. Well, yeah, it's that, but also... <laughs> That, that too, that plays a huge part in it, but also just like they're not. I, I feel like you're not building worlds the same way that you build worlds in a story when you're writing a novel per se. Like when you're writing like a fantasy epic um, as a novel, like I feel like those authors already like to- your tokens and your um, C.S. Lewis, they already knew like from the jump. I feel that. This is the world. This is why I'm creating. I'm gonna make these all these books based within this world, and I kind of mm-hmm. have an idea of this is how this series gonna go. With film, I think it's different. It's more like I'm gonna put these characters into this world. I don't even fucking know the backstory to this world, but I'm gonna just make something work. You know what I'm saying? Because I when, and, yeah, and, and there aren't always original IPs, but where there aren't, oftentimes the creators who make the films aren't like necessarily in concert or like building to a larger goal unless like a studio said here's where it's going and yeah. we know that up front yeah because if you don't get the money for it then it just is what it is like it stops mm-hmm. it so yep. star wars could have stopped at star wars or it could have stopped it at, at the empire strikes back and that would have been it you know you know and, um, i i wish they'd ended with return of the jedi personally but uh yeah, there's a there's a thing where sometimes you you like the feeling that the writer had so much stuff in their notebook or so much stuff that they had to cut out of the first book that they needed to do more books. And I think I think Star Wars might actually be one of those because they released a comic book a few years ago of all of George Lucas's original ideas, and things don't come together that well, like Luke Skywalker, Luke Star Killer, and things like that. And there's these characters yeah. who become other characters, and you see that he was just brimming with ideas. And with Star Wars, he really did take the best ideas and distill it. And I found it super inspiring as a writer because you see how you can have like a million good ideas and a bunch of bad ideas thrown in and things that don't really come together. And then you can whittle it down to something really cool. Right. Mm. And and that's, I think that's one of the most amazing parts of like the writing process or creating in general. And I agree with you um, back to what you said about Return of the Jedi. Like, especially like as far as a series, that could definitely have just been the end. Um, but my problem, and I don't know if you guys struggle with this also, is that when, when you keep trying to make different movies or expand on a story, eventually it makes me, um, if the stories following it are not as good, it makes me not appreciate the the original stories, you know? Yeah. I guess it just depends on which version or which verse well, so well, you're I'm, talking about. I, like, um, not to get too deep into Star Wars, but with this newest trilogy, it makes me feel like, what was the point of anything that happened in the original trilogy? You know what? A I'm bit. down to have that conversation. We should do that one for a whole episode at some point. Let, let's let that simmer, what just happened. Let's think about it a little bit longer, because I agree. But Yeah, I agree. The, the new three kind of undo the happy ending of Return of the Jedi, but Aaron is right. We will do that another day. Yeah, it, it it'll we'll definitely come back to it. So actually, that's a great moment to come back to. Yet, oh, well, were you gonna add something else to that, Keith? 
No, I was gonna say one more thing to that though. Uh-huh. Is that it's, it's I feel that it is okay for there to be a new threat, but let it be a whole new threat. You know what I'm saying? Like you can continue a story in a way, and I think that's another thing that threw me off from it. If you gonna continue it, at least let the threat be something different and not. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yep, yep. See, uh, I agree, but that's like, have you um, have you guys ever been familiar with any of like the Star Wars books or some of the the stuff that used to be canon, like in the comic books and like Thrawn? Um, yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. that stuff. And that, those were good stories, right? And there were different threats. Like you had this alien invasion from a Yajan Vaughn that was outside of the Outer Rim. You had um, Anakin Solo. You had the twins, the Jason Solo and the Jaina Solo. Like those were cool stories and they were a little different than what you saw in the movie. So, I mean, if you're going to continue, do something fresh, do something different. What? And not just re- uh, uh, the same thing. This is something Mandal- the DCEU could learn too. Mandalorian was Giancarlo Esposito's character th- with his dark saber, like fantastic. I'm just to take it back to Breaking Bad. Fantastic. Right. Like I'm so all in on him. He's absolutely perfect. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is where awesome stories have been done. I mean, in Mandalorian, as far as I know, like that story wasn't told in any previous medium. But one thing I hope that the DCEU does learn from uh, the past things that that didn't work out as well as they could have is one thing they could have done was simply adapted some of the stories that worked really well in the past. There's so many examples of amazing story arcs. Like I like I, sometimes you hear people talk about like, well, how do you tell a great story with Superman? And it's like I don't know. Read the comics, like. Yeah. There's so many amazing stories there. Even like All Star Superman, you could do that. You know, if you wanted in two movies, and like they'd be excellent films if you got the right person to do it. There are stories that really encapsulate what Superman's all about, and will, you know, and, and oftentimes people that haven't read that story like give them a whole different view on that medium and what the genre of superheroism actually means i'd love for them to be as irreverent with superman as they were with joker where they're like yeah go ahead set this in 1981 like do this in a completely different way i'd love to see them do that with superman just a completely different take on superman yeah i don't it seems like we're not gonna get that for a while uh i'm not 100 percent sure why um i get why people want to do like the the boy from, uh, I would say Ohio, but the boy from Kansas who, you know, grows up and, like, saves the world and he's all good all the time. And, you know, there's nothing kind of mixing his intention or, or you know, he doesn't make mistakes. He's like, uh, you know, I don't even know what to call a male Mary Sue, but whatever, he doesn't make mistakes. He's always super strong. And, like, and his strength is always, and his brute strength, the way he uses it, never goes against him. And that's not true in, in some of the great, great stories that have been done. So I hope that eventually they delve more into the cell of great um, DC stories and, and really, you know, tell some of those well-worn and, and well-done um, arcs of the past. Uh, but Keith, I was going to say, for your your other 2020 film, what, what do you got? What else is on your radar coming up? Hmm. I can't think of nothing off that. I'm trying to um, 
there's a lot of movies from last year that I missed. Like I, I haven't got a chance to check out Jojo Rabbit yet. Um, I still haven't seen Honey Boy, which was on my list. Uh, I just, um, I know we're talking about future movies, but I kind of want to backtrack on something that I saw this weekend that I thought was amazing. Okay. Just saw um, Parasite. Yeah. Hey, wait, 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 wait. We talking about that. We talking about that next week. <laughs> okay. okay. I, saw, I just, I just want to say that I saw it and it was just. It, I'm glad I didn't know much about it coming into the film. So we've seen it. We're, we're talking that next week. So let's do that one next week. All right. And um, and then of course I think one movie I think people haven't talked about enough, but I thought was fantastic was um Uncut Gems. Uh, gotta see that. That's my last one. I've gotta see and JoJo actually. Yeah, and I've never mm. seen Adam Sandler take on a role like this. Like it was it was intense. Like it was a it was like a um it was like a constant roller coaster ride, but on a roller coaster that you know is gonna break apart. Um kinda like the um you know every time I think about raggedy ass roller coaster, I think about the zipping pippin in Memphis. <laughs> you remember the zipping pippin? Hey man, I'm so glad I was muted right there because I almost spit all over the mic. <laughs> That gotta be the oldest roller coaster in existence. That shit don't exist no more. The zipping pippin and whatever fuck like I don't even remember what the hell it was. It's gone. That it's defunct. Yeah, yeah. I know it was all in Liberty Land, but I'm saying like yeah, there that, we go. before before they before they tore it down or whatever, that, that thing was was there for years. And I'm like, man, that's an accident waiting to happen. That's how nobody I- knows about the Mid South Fairgrounds outside of Memphis, so I'm kinda unclear why you bringing it up. But, <laughs> they know now. Uncle Jim's remind me of that roller coaster. That's my analogy. Is, I don't even know what that means. And I've been on firing the my, This is firing my imagination. You had me at Zip and Pippin. <laughs> yeah, that's the day with uh, the, this old ass janky roller coaster, this wooden roller coaster in Liberty Land in Memphis. Well, it's it's no longer there. They tore it down, but whatever. Um, How does it compare so, to like a Dollywood roller coaster? Oh wow, that, that place is awesome. Uh, okay, because Dollywood, it's, it's, I felt like they were a little bit old, and that was the just the right amount of old. Because you want to feel like a little bit, like you know it's safe, but you want to like fake yourself out that like maybe it's not safe. What if? So look, man, Dollywood. I, I'm let's not compare Dollywood to Liberty Land. That's not even like. Nah, it's, it's not comparable. Okay. Like, we're not gonna we're not gonna disrespect Dollywood. And I'm from Memphis. I love Memphis. All that. <laughs> we're not gonna disrespect Dollywood like that. So. No disrespect intended. Like if I were in charge, Dolly would be our president. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know enough about her. What <laughs> I, I do. Nah, I, I mess with Dolly. You know what's funny? So, for the people who don't know and don't have children in uh, the state of Tennessee. When you have a child in the state of Tennessee, Dolly, um, I said Dolly, Dolly Parton does have a, um, it's a children's program. So like for the first three years your, your child is born, every month they receive a book from uh, the, like I don't know what it's called, like the Dollywood Foundation or something, but what? every month that Robert's been alive, we have received a book. What? So it was a really cool book. Yeah, like, I mean, if we didn't have books, this would be amazing, but it's awesome to get these free books and had a kid have it. But like it, like I've, I've donated to their program because it's so awesome. They give kids um, of all backgrounds free books, like for the first three, um, thir- first three, 36 months of their lives. It's, it's an awesome program. 
I didn't even know that when I said she was my president. Now she's my president. I'm reelecting her. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's so. Dolly's cool. amazing, man. I, I love Dolly Parton. Like, I mean, her music's awesome, but like, she really does a lot of really cool things out, like all across Tennessee. Like, she's awesome. I didn't know she do all that. You know what was weird? Like, I was thinking about Dolly Parton the other day and how I do not like country music. But there's a few of her songs like I really like. Like I love um, Jolene. Yep. And um, of course that? you like Jolene. Jolene is a nice song, but it's the it's the other one um, when she talked about the the nine to five. Oh, that song's dope. That's a dope song. Um, she 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 has some hits, man. Like I give it to her. It's just something about country music that always turned me off. But then it was always something that was. Um, that I, I don't know that I was always drawn to Dolly though, but maybe because she was so popular, you know, in Tennessee. So it's like you could. It's a different version of blues music. Yeah, it's with a twang. I don't know when they're going to make the Dolly Parton movie, but that movie is going to be ridiculous. Like, if no one is, if no one is working on this yet, the story of her breaking up with Porter, um, when she like leaves his TV show and goes out independently and writes "I Will Always uh-huh. Love You" to say goodbye to him, that is like. Oh, yeah, that's a good song. That's going to be so a great So this film. is going to be on the, um, oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank because we're so focused right now. I mean, he recruits her as oh. like a child to come on his show and take the place of the right. other woman who was on the show. And then she rises up and becomes a star. And then when it's time for her to go, she writes him and sings in, her, in his office, I will always love you. And he says, I will let you go if you'll let me produce that song. Come on. That's crazy. You know what? That story that you just told, even though it sounds like something that's straight out of a movie, and we know that this really happened, the only way that I even knew about this story was from watching Drunk History. Do you guys ever watch that? <laughs> Is that Drunk History? It's what? On- Check it out. An episode of Drunk History that pretty much told the exact story that you just told. <laughs> but drunk. I mean, was that Drunk History or High History? Man, that episode is funny as hell. And then then it show how she, I guess they say how she came up with the name Jolene for the song, Jolene. She said, that sounds like a, that sounds like a fucking country song right there. When she heard the girl. Oh my goodness. Hey, you know, so I would say, uh, before we go into more lore for Dolly Parton, Tim, what is your next 2020 movie that you're excited about? And if you take mine, I'm going to be so upset because I think we might be looking at the same one. All right. First, I expect to be let down in 2020 because 2019 was like my favorite movie year in, I don't know, 20 years. Like It, it was, was really good. It was so good between Irishman, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, Hotel Mumbai was great. 1917 was very strong. There's so I have not seen it yet. Yeah, there's so many good movies last year. I know I'm forgetting a bunch of great movies, Um, and the Avengers movies were good too. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I like all kinds of movies. It was just so 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 strong. Um, So I'm just like, I'll I'll take anything in 2020. Like I'm very very happy, Uh, but I am pleasantly intrigued by New Mutants. Okay. I haven't seen a new trailer yet. Okay. So, okay. Is, is there a story behind why it got delayed? I, or, or, like, it went quiet for a bit? Like, what happened there? I think it was a Disney-Fox merger thing that caused it to be delayed. And I think they people liked the horror elements in it, and so they tried to add more horror. I know that everybody was afraid that it was a total stinker and that that's why it wasn't coming out. But based on that trailer, I hope it's good. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have, I'm allowing myself to be hopeful. 
Okay, okay. I want that you brought that up. I forgot all about new mutants. I didn't. Yeah, it looks like something. I got scared because I didn't see so I didn't see anything for so long. It went quiet and then I saw a new trailer come out. I was like, man, I'm scared to look at it because like if it's trash, I'll be mad. But okay, cool, cool. All right, that's exciting. Now here's what I thought you were gonna say. Tenet. Oh god, I completely forgot Tenet. Of course that's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, I was saving that baby. Now, Keith, have you seen? You ain't seen the the trailer for that? No, I know it has um Denzel's son in it. Shit, I we should look need to pause that so you can watch that trailer. So you know how about this? Me and Tim gonna talk. You watch that trailer while we talking. No, 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 no. I'll watch it afterwards. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know why certain certain stuff just slipped my radar. But see, now I can't talk about it though. That's the problem. Still talk about it. I mean, it's just no, no, no. Look, I'm not gonna do that to you. I'm not gonna disrespect your your viewing by like not, not look, you check it out. So all right, how about this? If you're listening to this podcast right now, pause this, go look at it, and then come back and see why I'm so excited. I'm not gonna talk about it right now. I'm not gonna ruin it for you. But I'm telling you, when you see that trailer, you're gonna be like, okay. I don't care when the movie come out, I'm seeing it opening weekend, period. Like Here's, it looks ridiculous. Like the concept is insane. Here's what I love about Nolan: when he does these movies like Tenet, like Inception, like Dunkirk, where you don't know any of his existing IP. Like it's not Batman, it's not Superman, it's not Star Wars. You forget to be psyched about it, or at least I do, because it isn't like, oh yeah, that's when that known quantity that I know is coming out. It's like I don't know what Tenet is. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And that's so exciting. It's a movie that I know I'm going to be excited about 10 years from now, looking back on. Because I mean, that's, wh- that's exactly how I feel about Inception. And I listened to the, um, the Rewatchables podcast with Quentin Tarantino about Dunkirk and forgot how much I love Dunkirk. Like, Dunkirk is one of my favorite movies in the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this movie... I mean, Christopher Nolan, he, when he... I just, I mean, I, I just have such an appreciation for... Just what he's able to to craft and and just the vision he had like I, I if, if I heard somebody like breaking down all right yeah so like here's this movie here's this concept I got I don't think just in my imagination I'd be able to come up with the stuff that Nolan comes up with and I have just such an appreciation for somebody to be able to put that on screen and make it transferable and like just something I actually could explain. Like, I don't, and that's one of the reasons I don't want to like ruin it for Keith. You got to see it on your own. You got to have that excitement. You got to have it. I want you to have that same viewing experience I had when I saw it. And I'm like, what am I looking at? Like, this has not been done before. Like, it's really cool. He's the super rare director who's coming up with completely new original stories, not based on anything previously, that are also standalone movies where I don't think you can make an inception too. You know, and I would mm-hmm. never want them to. It's it's absolutely perfect as it is. I feel like that Inception is definitely like one of those movies where it's almost like Watchmen. Like if you touch it again, you got to have a real, you got to really understand what it was doing, right? In a way that almost no one else did, and and like provide a perspective that's really going to build on on the foundation you were given. And if you're not going to do that, then you know, like just Please don't touch. But, yeah. you know, as we talked about before, Watchmen did an amazing job with that. Um, so let's see. Keith, 2020, next movie. What do you got? 
but I can't even think of nothing else. Y'all didn't do them all out here. Oh, I got uh, some more now. I guess because too, I'm I'm still stuck with like even like with what Tim said. 2019 was a good year, um, and there's still a lot of things that I did not see, and then there's still things that still have like a lingering impression on me. All right, let me throw something at you then. What's up? No time to die. Oh, that looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and and is this um is this our last Bond film with um Daniel Craig? It is. Okay. That definitely does look good. But you know what? I did not see the one before that. I got to go back. I haven't seen... Uh, what's that? Spectre? Mm-hmm. I think it's Spectre. So. But I remember seeing Skyfall and thinking that that had to have been the be- best Bond movie I've ever seen. Daniel Craig is a criminally underrated Bond. Like, I, I guess... I mean, he still get called Blonde Bond all the time. I, I don't know why people are so salty at him. I mean, he's done an excellent job uh, with the role. I'm, I'm really... I mean, all of them haven't been amazing. What was the? And it was one. the The weakest one he did was, um, and I still thought it was really good. I can't remember. Like, Quantum was it the Solace? Yes, that was the weakest one in all of them he's done so far. I still like that movie though. I mean, it had some stuff that didn't make sense, but I mean, to some degree, all Bond movies do. If you want to like really break them down, Casino Royale was a really great opening. Um, Skyfall was ridiculous. Right. Uh, Who's your favorite Bond? Daniel Craig. Really? Yeah, man. I've still got Connery. I got. I, I like him too. I mean, I, I thought uh, Pierce Bronson was was super solid, but Daniel Craig, like his, his um, the the direction they've taken Bond, I think it's like more like this postmodern thing of just him being more. Not just more vulnerable, but just like more like sloppy and almost like banal in some of the stuff he does. Like he just doesn't always keep his duty in front, and I almost kind of expect a human being more to react that way. That's why he's not James Bond. <laughs> that's that's what I like about James Bond is that James Bond is unflappable, and he's unflappable because he's probably a sociopath. And I thought Connery really nailed that. I also think Timothy Dalton is an underrated Bond. I thought he was great. Well, I mean, I don't think you guys sharing the first name has anything to do with that. It has nothing yeah. to do with it, no. But you know the I love um, that guy. To to add to your point, I I'm I'm back and forth with how I feel about Daniel Craig because I feel the same way that Tim does. Like to an extent, Bond is like a superhero, but it's good to have like a different take on Bond. But that take also feels more um, what's the word uh, American in a sense. Kind like, of. I use postmodern on purpose, just like in the sense of like trying to um, subvert what that character stands for. Well, I'm saying like, okay, so if you take this Bond, if you take Daniel Craig Bond and you compare him to like Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible character, which whose name I can't never remember. Ethan, is it Ethan? Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. So compare James Bond and Ethan Hunt, they damn near the same character. You know, and it, and I think and I think because when you look at American spy thrillers, they they do have a little bit more of that um that feel to it, like that um that that that, that the Daniel Craig Bond does, and not so much of the suave debonair um what's the word you use unflappable 
James Bond that we used to in the original British, um, you know, British um, type of sense. So I don't know. I'm I'm up and down. Like I I really do um, adore Daniel Craig as James Bond. I think mine's would probably be because this is honestly my introduction to Bond was Pierce Bronson. Like the first Bond movie I ever saw was Golden Eye. So. That yeah. movie so so, I mean I I think that movie is just really effective at showing classic Bond what Bond is, right? Um, you Bronson's know, cla- dope Bond. He's so good, man. He's really good. Uh, so no Tim. love for Roger Moore or George George Lazenby. Okay, all right. Hey man, hey hey, it ain't that there's no love. Look look, just. just you can be on the Mount Rushmore and and you know not get mentioned in an hour long podcast. I agree. That's okay. I appreciate them all. I appreciate them yeah. all. Yeah, there, there are no bad bonds. I don't have a, I don't have a really serious critique of anybody being bad. They're all different versions, and now they're establishing that actually there are several 007s. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. Me too. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Hey, real quick before we jump forward, I guess we should mention like Black Woman 007. Like, okay, that's pretty dope. I don't know where the hell that's going, but that's cool. I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's a great writer with Fleabag, and everybody knows she's great, um, is going to do some interesting, surprising, subversive stuff with James Bond, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I chose not to talk about it yet, because I just have no clue where that's going, but, you know, I'm just going to reserve judgment until we get there. I hope it's good. I really want to see what they do with it. Yeah, I was going to say another thing. Uh, I know we mentioned in movies, but I think a show that I'm looking forward to would be The Boys season two. Yep. <laughs> of course. I really want that crazy to- ass shit. Yep. So like it's um because I remember we went over the first season and it was honestly surprisingly good and I was like taken aback by that. So um because I was like, ah, oh, this shit's gonna be super corny, which it does have a little bit of camp to it, but it's also like so awesome to watch at the same time. Um, I, I'm gonna try to slip in a double here. Um, speaking of TV, I'm very excited for Fargo season four with Chris Rock, and I'm also yo. relatedly, relatedly, really excited for Saw with Chris Rock. Saw with Chris Rock. I'm breaking the news of Saw with Chris Rock. Yeah, he's he's uh, redoing the Saw franchise, and he said the other day that he thinks that just a couple of jokes here and there would have made a huge difference in the Saw movies because like, the concept is good, but they're so, so serious, and they have kind of like a grimness to them because there's like no no tongue-in-cheek whatsoever. So I think he can, you know, he's a guy who obviously is very good at jokes and can just inject the right amount of humor into that to make it, Take it up a level. I mean, even like Hostel had some humor that elevated it. Okay, so <laughs> you know, you, sometimes you be on the internet so long, you just kind of can't keep track of what is real and what's not. So I feel like I read somewhere Chris Rock was messing around with the Saw franchise. What is he producing it? Like, what's happening there? I I'm not sure exactly what his role is, but I know he has a strong creative hand in it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, is is that this year or is it like a TV series? That's very like, that's very soon. That's coming up like towards the end of spring. So TV series, film. What are we talking? Film. Film. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you know. Well, you know. Huh. Okay. Okay. I'll check it out. Um. Um. 
Man, that was weird as hell. Um, hmm. <laughs> Sam <laughs> Sam Jackson's in it too. What? Okay, yeah. all right. That's, that, look, I'm glad I'm sitting down. What the hell? Yeah, it's gonna Dang, be good. Man. I shouldn't have drunk before that, man. I was, I, that was a little shocking. Um, it almost sounds like fake news, but it's coming from Tim, so it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at all the stories right now. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on? 2020 gonna be wild, man. 2020 gonna be wild in so many ways. Um, so. So much I could bring up. I so all right. So this so for me this is all a hype thing, right? So I have not seen a Quiet Place. Oh, but the Quiet Place Two is coming out. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know anybody who's seen that film who does not like it. And uh, I'm curious to see what the hell the second one. So I I made the mistake of watching the trailer. Who's gonna spoil a little bit of stuff for me? Right. But at the same time, looks interesting. Reminds me of uh, a lot of different uh, post Armageddon sort of or, or post apocalyptic, however you want to uh, put it, films. I mean, the concept is interesting. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the first one, so I don't know if it makes sense for a sequel. I mean, what do you guys think? Have you seen the, the first Quiet Place? I personally don't think it makes sense to make a sequel. And I and I don't, I'm I don't know if it's I'm not gonna say that the sequel isn't going to be good, but that goes back to why I said like some things are just good as a single movie, and like especially with I felt the themes that they were bringing up in that film, I don't know what what you can do to um, take that to the next level. I guess you know because I had I mean I had a a deeper thing and experience with it outside of this is like some type of horror film or something like that. You know, to me, that's like the equivalent of making a sequel to get out. That's why, that's why you could do a sequel, but it's probably better as like some other story happening. That's in that same verse. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You could do that, but I'm saying like to just really like make a whole complete sequel to something that just that told the story that had its themes and it made the point that it needed to make and then you just all of a sudden make a sequel afterwards. I mean, I don't know. I, and I I don't think that I don't know. I think it's gonna be hard for it to top. And first. and it it's tricky to talk about why the sequel is tricky without saying what happens at the end of the first one. And, yeah, uh, it ba- it, but the trailer pretty much gave it away, so it's a, it's okay. Oh. You can say it. Okay. Well, I, I well, think not just. It's that, but it's also that I felt like the movie was trying to say something about family in general. Yeah, it's a beautiful movie. It's it's a I I know I've said perfect a couple of times, but I mean perfect within itself, within its own goals. And right. Quiet Place really does do what it wants to do perfectly. Right. So, um, but but I've been wrong before where I felt like something didn't need a sequel, and they made a sequel, and it was actually you know good or. It, expanded more upon the world like i i felt that way about toy story every time a toy story come out i'm like why the hell are they making the nah, toy story 2 wasn't that great toy story 2 i just watched it recently it was actually okay you it know? was okay but three or four much but, better but it's like you literally you literally forget that there is a two because three and four are so good but that's how i felt <laughs> But but that's what I'm saying. But when I saw three, I was like, there's no reason to make another Toy Story. Like, this story has been told, it's ending, boom. And then you make four, and it's like, oh, there's some more that you can unpack there. 
you know. So, I if they do a five, I'm gonna be like, where the hell are y'all going with this? Exactly. But I felt that way about four, you know. So man, you know. Yeah, yeah I guess we see. So I got a few more that I think would be really interesting to kind of discuss very quickly. Uh, I don't know if you guys got anything left. Keith said like you you exhausted your I, I just want I just want to do an appendage or appendix or whatever I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. Darren Lynn Boosman will direct the new Saw movie, which is written by Chris Rock, uh, okay. who is also executive producing. Oh. Nice. Okay. 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 And starring. What? Okay. Oh, what yeah. the fuck is he jigsaw? What the this fuck? This movie's gonna like, be good. No, he plays a detective who's investigating the murders. Oh my god! No, no, yep. I cannot take. Cri- oh yep. my god! It's gonna be great. I'm not ready. I'm it's not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> might, might, he might surprise you the way that Sandler surprised us. I'm telling you, man. Oh, yes. he's got an in him. Come on, Chris Rock is a I, genius. Sure. I, I'm just. I, I'm laughing before I even see anything from it. Um. A couple other things I thought would be interesting. Like, not that we need to talk about them in detail, but um, Bloodshot looks interesting. Potentially, uh oh, uh oh, keep, keep shaking his head. I mean, he knows the value in comics as well. He's just he doesn't believe. They could they could keep Bloodshot personally. Oh no, I'm neutral, open minded. And I'm I'm gonna tell you something too. Like I love I like Vin Diesel a lot, but I don't. I think most of his films outside of Fast and Furious turn out to be duds. Okay, what are we talking about? Like pretty much everything that's not Fast and Furious and not um, Pitch Black. I think Pitch Black... I I was about to say, what are you talking about now? Yeah, I like Pitch Black. Um, Chronicles of Riddick kind of fell out for me. I think I like the... I like the concept of Chronicles of Riddick, but it's so much that they could have did with that. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right, that's fair. So, um, but then, and then I'm also not a huge fan of Fast and Furious. Like I like a few of the films and stuff. But what I'm what I'm saying when I see the Bloodshot trailer, I don't see the character of Bloodshot. I just see Vin Diesel, and and I okay. I see Dom. You know what I'm saying? I don't even okay. see Dom really. I just see Dom. So um, for okay. Fact, I, wait, wait. See you. All right. You you letting the the I, I see why you saying that, but that's yeah. I don't know, man. Well, for one. Know. Like he he doesn't he he doesn't even change his aesthetic. He just still looks like mm-hmm. that's true. Even in the witch hunter movie, whatever it is, and it's like if you're gonna become this character, become this character. You know what I'm saying? And from the spoiler, they're trying to sell this movie off it just being Vin Diesel and not just being taking the chance and looking at okay, this is a you know, a comic book character that some people don't know about, you know what I'm saying? But let's, you know, show more of that character and less of Vin Diesel. Let him become that character all the way. So, um, you know, it's just a lot of stuff about that, you know, that's just, and I don't think, I don't know how people don't receive it, so. That's it. That's all I got. I got one more to get y'all thoughts on. See what y'all say. Godzilla versus Kong. I uh, I love Kong and I don't love Godzilla. In um, a fight or as characters? 
actually as characters. Um, I think the oh, okay. original Godzilla movie from the fifties was good. The very first one is a great monster movie. It has like talk about like elevated horror. I mean, the the point they make about atomic weapons in that movie is incredible. It's a very well made movie. Um, I thought Skull Island was really good. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but the last couple Godzilla movies haven't quite interested me. That's fair. Hey, and one more, one more actually I have. Um, although we're going to go a little past 2020 for this. Um, Keanu Reeves, Matrix 4, John Wick 4, same day. Are we going on the same day? I'm going to John Wick first. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, to me, controversial opinion. I like the John Wick franchise more than the Matrix franchise. That is that controversial? The John Wick franchise is kind of again within its universe perfect. It stays true to itself. It follows its own interior logic. It keeps building out its universe very selectively and dis- in a disciplined way that's also really mysterious and exciting. Um, and I think the Matrix, as a lot of people think, got a little bit crazy. Maybe we should do that pod one day. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to anger Matrix fanboys all of a sudden. I like um, the Matrix. I do. But uh, uh, I like John Wick more. Yeah, I, I, I like Matrix one. Yeah, I I, I do like... Um, I don't know. I like John Wick more overall when I think... When I sit back and think about it. I just, But I remember when the Matrix first came out, I thought it was the best thing ever. But essentially, to me, the only... Matrix movie that was actually like really good was the first one. And once again, another movie that could have ended in the first movie. Yes. So, yeah. And that was a perfect ending also. Um and I and I, I low key feel I feel that way about John Wick. I think John Wick could have ended, but is it the I honestly haven't seen John Wick three, so I can't oh, really speak. Dude, John Wick gets better every time. John Wick three is whew. it's amazing. Hey, a delightful Super. time. Right. But you know what? Was I, I can't believe we mentioned in Keanu Reeves where I mentioned in Bill and Ted. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good point. That they got another Bill and Ted coming out. Anybody anybody excited about that or definitely excited. Right. Yeah, I'm in there. I'm also, there. Uh, we talked earlier in the podcast about divorce. I'm gonna have to get a divorce if I don't give a shout out to Top Gun 2 which my wife is extremely excited about, and we're definitely going to go see that one together. She's a big 80s action movie fan. And, um, you know, that's the high watermark of, like, the 80s. I mean, that's like a that's an incredibly great movie. Um, I love that Tom Cruise looks, like, pretty much the same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I love that dude. I think he's a great actor. So... Yeah, well, it sounds like we're gonna spend a lot of money this year. Um, I'm really excited to talk about these films, um, and you should be really excited if you got this far. You should subscribe to this podcast. You should give us a review. Tell your friends about it so that they can also get the goodness. Um, we are available at several social media channels. Keith, can you break it down right quick? Uh, you can catch up with us. Um at Lowkey on Facebook or the Lowkey Pod on Instagram. Yep, that's a whole bunch of people too. Yeah, two. Two whole social media platforms for you. Please follow us. <laughs> Don't bother with Please the others. <laughs> exactly. Um what what else we got, Tim? What we want to uh pump up? 
Um, I work at a place called Movie Maker Magazine. I recommend people check out the next issue. We got a cover story about Margot Robbie. That's why I've seen uh, Birds of Prey. Um, we've also got an extremely, I'm just so excited about this, an oral history of American Psycho. We talked with uh, so many key people involved in the movie. Um, director Mary Heron, talked to Christian Bale, talked to Bredesen Ellis, the author of the novel, oh. Guinevere Turner, the co-writer, and some other folks. I want to keep some secrets um, to keep it exciting, but it's like one of my favorite things I've ever written. Nice. Awesome. Perfect, man. Yeah. Super great preview you just gave there. Uh, definitely check it out. And, uh, and also moviemaker.com. But um, you should buy the magazine. It's good. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Old school in your hands, baby. Um, trying to th- Also, coffeeandnamaste.com. Check that joint out. Plenty of mugs for your liking, mm-hmm. for your loved ones and mugs friends. Mugs for your mug. Mugs for your mug. I was um I was just thinking too like I've been really enjoying the interviews on Movie Maker interviews. They have some um, pretty good people on there. I definitely enjoyed the one with um Alfre Woodard. Oh yeah, she was amazing. My God, she, I don't know why it's something about her. I can just sit there and listen to her talk like all day. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I asked two questions and just <laughs> sat there wrapped. She was amazing. She was so yeah, cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's been exciting to be here with y'all. We're going to be on the next one. Next week, we'll be talking about Parasite, breaking that down. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, something else. So, yeah, can't wait. Okay. Cool. cool. All right. See everybody real soon. All right. Y'all be easy out there. Ooh.